Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by this morning to read on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the best in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined, as always, by G. Hey, Wiley, Armani Buckets. How are we doing, folks? Not too shabby, guys. Not too shabby. Feeling a lot better. So... Uh, Vegas kind of wrecked me, not going to lie. So, <laughs> feeling a little G- better. God bless you, Jihei. We know about the 90 days strong. Is that, I hope I said the name right. Um, and I believe in you. And I know that you have what it takes. For, for people that don't know, it means no coffee. And what is the other one, Jihei? I don't know if you want to disclose that. Yeah, no, that's fine. No coffee. It'll keep me accountable, too. So, <laughs> um, no coffee, no um, alcohol, uh, no sugar, which is not a big deal because I don't have a sweet tooth. And then um, you have to exercise for at least 90 minutes a day. Oh, all right. Yeah. And then um, it's technically it's a hard 75. That's the original, you know, thing. But um, I'm doing. I'm. I'm trying to excel it and do a hard ninety instead. So it's seventy five. It's originally seventy five days, but it's like I'm doing ninety days. Hard ninety. Is that what you're calling it? Is there a hashtag yeah. people can follow your journey of hard ninety? All right. You know that's a good question. <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't been putting it out. So you know I'm horrible well, at social media. GA, so. I mean, I think. I think we we should have everyone out there keep you accountable from Las Vegas to Hawaii to Southern California. Hashtag hard, hard 90. We'll see. <laughs> now, has it begun? Has it begun? I saw you went out last night oh, God. with your uh, mom I did. I did. But you know my mom doesn't drink. Ah, so that's fine. So we, we had tea, um, but it was decaffeinated tea, so it doesn't matter. Again, no caffeine. So um, we had tea and I had soup. Like it wasn't oh, like geez. I was, right. yeah, I wasn't, I well, wasn't fighting it up with my mother. <laughs> well, there <laughs> we go. Everybody, yeah. So I think, uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, I think you're going to like inspire a lot of people. Like if you can, <laughs> if you can do this, I think I forget what the, uh, what the, what the mark is. Like if you, if you can make it through the first, what is it? Two weeks, three, three, weeks. three, three weeks. Okay. Make so for, for me, weeks. for me, I've never given up caffeine before. Okay. So, like ever I, I drink like four cups of coffee a day right, so yeah. this is really really hard for me <laughs> the caffeine part is hard the alcohol and the sugar is nothing everything else is like it, it is is nothing it's the caffeine is just really difficult for me so i feel like once i can get rid of the caffeine in my system which might take a month yeah because that's how much caffeine i drink um it'll 
it'll be fine after that. So. That was the biggest uh, surprise, you know, because I, I I think you can give up one or the other. But yeah, coffee and wine for me that would that would be the hard one. But uh, listen, yeah, you we believe in you, Jihei, and we also, <laughs> well, at least I, Brandon, <laughs> here, we believe in the Lakers. And I gotta tell you, listen, I, I, I get it. We can get into God Foster officiating this game very thankful that scott foster was officiating a, a chris paul game by the way i mean the league's really got to look into what's happening with the officials right now you got luca donchins making a cash sign to one of the officials mark cuban is officially protesting a call a non-call and a result either way listen the lakers won the game they won by double digits they they, they beat the suns when we talked about it, what is their pathway towards making it to the playoffs, the play-in tournament at the very least, to, with the, to be at least the 10 seed, it's not just that they have to win the games that they're supposed to win. I think that they had to find a way to win a couple of games here that they're not supposed to win, and they're not supposed to beat the Suns. For them to beat the Suns and play the way that they did gives uh, me some confidence. Listen, I've not wavered in the fact that they're going to finish as the 10 seed, what we have here on the show and on our text exchange is a, there's a lot of Laker fans who um, go from they're not making the play-in tournament to they're going to the Western Conference Finals. I've never said that. I'm saying that they're going to be the 10th seed. Our money buckets, I know, as usual, you're going to rain on the parade, which you should. Listen, they, they are right now the 10th seed. They're not the 6th seed. They're not the 8th seed. They are the 10th seed. But I gotta like the way that they're playing, and I and perhaps you do too. I'm not. I'm not sure. But they beat the Suns, and it wasn't close at the end. I appreciate always your objectiveness, Arash. <laughs> and you know, every win is a great win. Um, where me and our good friend Brandon disagreed is that this Suns team was guaranteed to beat the Lakers, and also Vegas. Vegas disagreed with that because they're only a one-point favorite. I this see. team, listen, you don't need to apologize for wins at this point. Wins are wins, and the way Austin Reeves is playing, you will take that. With that being said, does that win justify, or does that mean that they're going to beat Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City beat Phoenix last week, by the way. So I, I think Oklahoma City is actually a bigger test than wow. Phoenix. That doesn't mean that they're going to lose that game. But I think that when we look at the Suns, especially without DeAndre Ayton and Kevin Durant, again, not taking away from the Lakers because obviously they're missing LeBron. But when you look at that team, they really are a one-man team with Devin Booker. And so Oklahoma City, and by the way, Chicago on Sunday – that is a tough game because they have multiple guys that can score the basketball. That's where I want to see the Lakers' defense and see what they're made of. When you have a Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vucevic, can you mitigate and stop three of them at once? But with that being said, Arash, the 10 seed, if you can go over 500 in this three-game stretch between yeah. Phoenix, Oklahoma City, and Chicago, you're setting yourself up for at least the play-in. And let's not forget, dude, the 4-5 seed is right there. Yeah. The Suns are like, what are the Suns? Two and a half games ahead right now or two, th three games ahead? All it takes is a small losing streak. And then you're right with Phoenix. Unbelievable. You know, because here's the concern for the Clippers. And by the way, 
in the big picture, the news that they got on Paul George, it, it being a sprain, was great news, long-term, big picture. Uh, because the way that he landed, whenever a player gets carried, carried to the locker room, carted out of the arena, that, those kind of pictures and that kind of a scene makes you think that either he broke his leg, Achilles, something like that. That's not the case. So short-term it's the worst possible timing for them because he's pro- he's probably going to miss the rest of the regular season. And when I say that, I mean, it's not a big stretch to say that because they only have three weeks left, less than 20 days left of the season. I think nine games for the Clippers. So they're, as you touched on, in a very precarious position in the Western Conference where if they go on a losing streak here, if they lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder again, again, they can go from being, you know, in contention from to, from being talked about being a possible four seed home court advantage in the first round to potentially our money buckets not even being in the playoffs, not even being in the play in tournament. Yeah, it is scary for everybody. And it feels like we're headed towards I know right now it's Utah and the Pelicans that are out. But man, Dallas, somebody shocking, it feels like, is going to miss the plane. And yeah. then we're going to look back and be like, wow, that team really missed it. But that's how close it is. By the way, I have a question because my memory is not that great. Didn't the Clippers rule Kawhi Leonard with the same injury when it turned out that he had torn his ACL? You know what? what so it, it's a good question because they, they were very secretive, although it, it was fairly clear he was not going to return, but they never said what the, the injury was. What they did say, which they did say with Paul George here, is the, he's going to be re-evaluated, re-evaluated in two to three weeks. So what that means is he's at the very least gone during that period. In the re-evaluation process, that they could effectively come back and say he's out for another couple of weeks I don't get the sense that this is anything further than what they're saying. Because, again, I'm trying to remember the Kawhi thing. I think they were more secretive than anything else. I got to go back to remember. But there was this feeling when Kawhi went down. And, again, we're, we're playing playoff games. We're playing meaningful playoff games. There was this feeling that he's he's probably going to be out for the rest of the postseason. So, like, even, you know, did they win that playoff series? They go to the conference finals. Like, even if they got to the finals, and clearly that that was the case because they finally confirmed after the season was over that, yeah, he you know, he's, he, he's going to be gone for perhaps a full year. So, but that's, I, I guess, the concern with Paul George where I don't know if we're getting the full extent of how long he will be out. At the very least, I can safely say he will not be back for the regular season. The problem for the Clippers there is if they go on a a bad run like they did post-All-Star break, if they lose five straight, if this team loses five straight right now, they're, they're not in the playoffs. And again, that when you look at where the 10 seed is, where you look at how, how these teams are bunched up, I don't think we've ever seen a situation before where a team in a matter of two weeks, for example, would go from being the four seed to being the 11 seed. And that's where the Clippers could, could be. It is remarkable. You, I'll, go ahead, Juhei. 
Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. I can wait. <laughs> I was going to say, it is remarkable because, yes, the Clippers are in that spot. And by the way, Phoenix is 1-5 in their last six yeah. games. Their only win was a three-point win against Orlando at home. They are in the same boat. So all these teams are jumbled up. For the Clippers' sake, they need Norman Powell back because that rotation that they played oh, with yeah. the Thunder game, if they just replace Norman Powell with Paul George, I think that's like 70 Per, maybe that's disrespectful to Paul George. 65% of what, at least offensively, what Paul George is giving you. And then the rest of the guys can keep their same roles because you know, obviously Powell's been out. And I'll let G.A. chime in here, but for, for the Clippers, like this was, I mean, clearly worse timing. But like outside of Norman Powell, who's projected to come back soon, they were finally healthy. They were finally saying, okay, enough with the load management, Kawhi's, not only is Kawhi healthy, he's really resumed where he left off. He's back to being one of the top 10 players in the world, perhaps when he's on his game, as he really has been post-All-Star break, one of the top five players. Paul George is playing well. Again, Powell's expected to come back. So they were finally fully healthy. And then Paul George not only goes down, again, he's probably going to be out for the rest of the regular season. G.A., I mean, you got to be looking at this. And again, you've always been a very pessimistic Clippers fan, as you probably should be, but there's always that when is that next shoe going to drop? And even the year that you get to the conference finals, we're sitting there watching them play the Jazz. They're playing extremely well. You're waiting for that shoe to drop. The shoe to drop was Kawhi being out. Again, they find a way to beat the uh, Jazz, but again, lose to the Suns without Kawhi. Generally, and having covered the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre, Jordan, Clippers, that shoe generally drops in the playoffs. Like, Paul George going down the way he did would have happened in the first round of the playoffs. Now it's happening now. Uh, Gia, your thoughts on the current state of the Clippers? You know, I'm actually, this is going to sound a lot of, uh, extremely weird. I mean, obviously I have concerns. You know, uh, Paul George being out is huge, um, especially considering what he did in the playoffs without Kawhi. But you just said it. Kawhi is so healthy. Kawhi is still playing. Kawhi is still there. So shouldn't we have a little bit more optimism because Kawhi is there? I have more faith in Kawhi than I do in Paul George. So that being said, shouldn't we have a little bit more faith that we at least make the playoffs? I have faith in Kawhi, but I don't have faith that a Kawhi-led team with this cast is going to do anything um so but what you're right is if you were to say pick one player i'm picking Kawhi. that being said like i i'm not going to diminish what paul george did i mean like like, he really put that team on his back found a way to beat the jazz twice took the suns to six games um my thought though is and a lot of people were beginning to see this that if the Clippers were healthy and they were finally beginning to be healthy, finally winning games, won four straight, they were probably on their way to beating the Thunder. Paul George doesn't go down, winning five straight. That, okay, like like in a wide-open West, I could see this team getting to the, the NBA Finals. Without Paul George, I could see this team making it into the playoffs. I don't see this team going to the Finals, though. Yeah, I agree with that. 
But I also agree with Jihei. Uh, Kawhi Leonard by himself, the way that he looks physically, athletically, even compared to like a month ago, it looks like he's getting more shredded as the season goes along. And I just... I can't discount what he can possibly do, especially if they play a team like the Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry. Again, I know you love to say that I'm, I poo-poo the Lakers wins. This is not meant as Lakers hate. But when you look at Phoenix, depending on what Durant looks like, that supporting cast for Devin Booker is worse than Kawhi Leonard's supporting cast with the Clippers, in my opinion. I, oh, there's I, no, I mean, listen, if the Suns are going to do anything, KD has to be healthy. I mean, like, 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 yeah. like, like when I when I look at the Suns and the trade that they made, they made that trade for KD, top five KD being with this team. Without KD, I mean, I don't think they make it past the, the the first round. No knock on this team. They traded a lot of key players, and I would totally do that because you're putting your chips all in. But KD has to. Not only does KD have to be healthy, KD has to be playing like his like old self again. And again, it was very Clippers like the way KD goes down. I mean, like any layup line before his first home game. I mean, come on now. <laughs> um, Armani Buckets, you watch the league extensively. Listen, there, there's no league where, where people joke about games being fixed, things happening like that. Although on a night like last night, when D'Angelo Russell can clearly be heard saying, Scott Foster's officiating, y'all. Scott Foster. When you have uh, Fred Van Vliet, and again, very rare for a player to do this, calling out that official by his name, saying, listen, I know I'm going to get fined, but I, I, I really feel strongly that I have to say this. The league has to find Fred Van Vliet, but then they go on to demote this official which I'm presuming they looked into the what he said. They they think he's probably right to some degree. Luka Doncic complaining to the point that Mark Cuban has filed a protest. You rarely see this. You hear you know people complaining. Mark Cuban has filed an official protest of the Mavericks' loss to the Warriors again because there was confusion over which team had possession. This the, with the totality of it, a bad look for the league. Your thoughts on what's happening here? Absolutely. It's not a good look for the league. When looking at it from an individual standpoint in the Lakers and Suns game, I did not think it was egregious at all. I thought Phoenix was fouling a lot, and I thought the Lakers were the beneficiary of a team that was fouling a lot. With that being said, in situations like that Phoenix game, when you know as a league that Scott Foster and Chris Paul have that history, you have so many referees at your disposal. Why must you send this man to the Suns games? Same thing with now going forward with the Raptors and the referee Ben Taylor. He yep. should not be refing Raptors games anymore. It's that simple. So for that point, I just I don't understand what goes through the mind of Adam Silver. But again, I'm not a Suns fan. So from an entertainment standpoint, the fact that <laughs> at any time you don't know what's going to happen between the two of them on the court, maybe, you know, oh, my God. By the way, speaking of terrible refereeing, the Clippers the other night with Terrence Mann getting ejected within oh, like three seconds, that referee 
egregious, egregious. And I, I don't know how it fixes itself. But with that being said, there are also officials that don't get the credit they deserve. And one of my favorites is Zach Zarba. He like th- there's guys that do the job, do it well and are well respected. And those guys often get overshadowed by the ones that tend to have this track record of taking over the show. Look at you giving yeah. credit to an official like that. Um, yeah, Gia, your your thoughts on what's happening with the league right now? Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, this has always been a thing, and I totally agree with Armand. You know, you you have so many other guys at your disposal, you know, that why do you have to send in? And the numbers don't lie. What, what are the numbers on this? Like, uh, how many games he loses by how many the points playoff, or whatever? If it's the just- playoffs is really bad because I actually try to find, like, the total stats on uh, on Scott Foster officiating Chris Paul. But in the playoffs, it, it's really bad. I think Chris Paul is 0 for 14 or something crazy like that, which, again, my first year covering Chris Paul, and I was not aware of their history. And, again, this is, like, this is about 10 years ago now at this point. Um, Chris tells me it's like scott foster has has it out for me and i didn't believe him and i'm watching the game play out and i'm like yeah like like he's he's not giving him like any leeway just as a player you know but chris paul you're talking about one of the top 10 players in the league at that point um and chris was like i think i did or said something that rubbed him the wrong way my rookie year and ever since then it's been like this but to your guys's point before we go to break the league doesn't want to set a precedent of an official not officiating a, a certain player's game. That being said, this has become so high profile. It is egregious. It is ridiculous, A, for Scott Foster to be officiating Chris Paul games for damn sure playoff games. It's it, There's no excuse for that. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Clippers, the Lakers, and all that good stuff when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment and just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Enjoying our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Doing good, man. I was listening to some good music today, man. Listen uh-huh. to this little dash, a little Easy E project, and I was also listening to Mr. Fab's new, uh, new joint. So yeah, man, it's, I'm feeling real, real good, man. It's real fly right now. Love it, love <laughs> it, Nick. Big game tonight, Sweet Sixteen. You got two teams returning to Las Vegas where their conference 
tournaments were UCLA Gonzaga on the 17th anniversary to the day of that great Ryan Hollins, Adam Morrison crying game, <laughs> unforgettable moment there in tournament history. Your thoughts on this game? And listen, can UCLA, despite all of what they've dealt with in terms of players going down, can they make it to the Final Four? Yeah, a great opportunity to make it to the Final Four. I think this this team has really proven, especially throughout this season, how resilient they can be. Obviously, they've had most majority of their players uh, healthy, and they've, but they've faced a lot of obstacles. I think a lot of the country weren't able to see because they were not on the West Coast, because they don't really pay attention to a lot of Pac-12 basketball. So you can see the skill set, you can see the tenacity, and, and Mick Cronin has done a phenomenal job, in my opinion, of really getting these guys together really have, allowing these guys to really rally around one another. And it's pretty much next man up opportunity. And I think, you know, UCLA is only a point and a half, you know, favorite uh, in this game. But I think they can, if they settle down, especially, you know, rebounding, transition defense, I think UCLA can really make a, make some strong runs and really be able to, to get a W tonight against Gonzaga. Everybody fears Gonzaga, but I'm looking at UCLA. Like, people need to watch out for UCLA in that offense. Um. So the other thing that we, we talked a lot about in the first segment was the current state of the Clippers and the Lakers. Now, the Clippers, I think, had kind of figured things out. They were finally healthy. Powell was about to come back. But besides that, they were fully healthy. Paul George goes down. They uh, lose to the Thunder. They play the Thunder again tonight. Big, big picture, I think when you see Paul George go down like that, it looked like he could have been out for a long, long time. If he's really, truly only out for three weeks, Great news, big picture. Smaller picture, short term, the timing couldn't be worse, Nick. With, with, with all these teams in the West bunched up like this, they could really go from being in that 4-5-6 seed to not even being in the play-in tournament. Your thoughts on the Clippers? Yeah, the Clippers are in trouble. Um, I know that they're, again, they're a bunch of, you know, strong players. And even Kawhi Leonard, uh, the night that Paul George was injured, you know, say, hey, man, it's, it's next man up. Like, who's going to step up? He, he has a lot of guys in that locker room that love to play basketball. And I said that there are certain guys outside of Kawhi Leonard that are going to have to step up. Guys like Eric Gordon, guys like Russell Westbrook, uh, Zubat, and even Marcus Morris Sr. has been absolutely putrid for most of the season, uh, who's really not lived up to the expectations that we've been accustomed to seeing from him as far as his production is concerned. Um you know, and Plumlee, uh, a lot of those guys are going to have to all Terrence man. They are going to have to step up big time. And when you have nine games remaining in the season, this is a team that's really going to have to start winning ball games. Like they can't afford to be losing ball games. Um, and they in two to three weeks. Okay, you got nine games. Even if you get it, let's say you hold that that fifth seed, you're going to have to go on the road. And if 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 Phoenix holds to that fourth seed, yeah. still not going to be. I'm still not confident in that Clippers team because Paul George is just coming back. So now he's got to get reacclimated to coming back. Now you're playing in a playoff series. It's not like okay, I played seven games, I rested two games, and now we're getting ready for the opening round. You're coming straight back from that if he's able to come back in two to three weeks. So there's no guarantee. I mean, I, I wish him the best. I would love to see Paul George healthy. I think he's an incredible player. I think he's been the glue to that team all season long, despite their ups and downs and obstacles that they've had to face, as you mentioned. Uh, but I think with losing Paul George was huge. It was significant. Um, and so I think they're going to have to find some type of way. They can't be losing ball games. Like They got nine games. They're going to have to go at least seven and two to me to hold on to that fifth seed at least and hope that the teams ahead of them 
take some type of slide, um, whether that be the Phoenix Suns or the, the, the Sacramento Kings or the Memphis Grizzlies, to a point where they can try to gain some ground with those wins. But outside of that, man, um, it's not looking too, it's not, the future is not looking too bright for the Los Angeles Clippers as they move uh, and head forward into the, the postseason. Yeah, Nick, I was, uh, I couldn't remember what happened when Kawhi got hurt. So I went back and I, I looked it up right now. So when Kawhi got hurt, it was ruled, uh, right knee sprain at first. And they said there is no timetable for his return. This is initially. And then obviously later they said he had torn his ACL. That is my fear with Paul George. I don't know if the Clippers are being completely honest and forthright. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just a sprained knee. What are your thoughts in that regard? Do you think that the Clippers are trustworthy in terms of maybe if, if it is a sprain versus a tear? Well, I think you have, sometimes you have to keep family business inside family business. I think you can't tell too much. I think you have to, you know, and also you have to respect the privacy of your star player. I mean, you don't want to put too much out there that may jeopardize his right to privacy, which he has. I think the Clippers are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Hey, look, this is what we know. This is what we're going to put out there to the fan bases, to the media, and then we'll take it from there. That's why they said two to three weeks for an evaluation. The same thing that the Lakers did with LeBron James, which I felt that, the, that LeBron is not coming back this season. I don't give a damn what they have to say, what they're putting out there. I just don't see him coming out, even speaking to another medical professional who said even if LeBron gets you know, his imaging you know, cleared, whether it be today or I think today or tomorrow, he's still going to be two or three weeks off from returning because he's got to you know, ramp back up. He's got to be, you know, he's got to get himself together. Um, it is also contingent upon whether the Lakers stand by the time he returns as well. Um, it's not like with the Clippers where, you you know, the Clippers are still in the playoff position. So even if Paul George returns, Paul George can also come back to a postseason, you know, series versus the Lakers that are trying to, they're knocking on the door at times and then they're slipping and sliding, you know, in and out of the tournament, man. You know, um, I just think that it's a different, situation so i think just teams have to protect their 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 star players rights of privacy and they can only you know disseminate so much information which i don't have a problem with um because sometimes knowing too much then we we start spinning a narrative that doesn't need to be you know nick to your point and i think people forget about this you know generally speaking the timetable when they say two to three to be reevaluated, that's all that is i mean three weeks right. And then we will reevaluate. And, that, and then at that point, you could say he's going to be out for another month. Mm. And then to your point as well, then it's like we hear about he's returning to like playing one-on-one, three-on-three basketball activities. You don't go from being out for a month to playing the, the next day. So you're, you're 100% mm. right there. Um, so we'll see what, what happens with uh, Paul George. But I think the wording there by... Armani Buckets, because I, I forgot about that. The key is, let's see what, what Paul George looks like. Um, the, the, the unique thing that Kawhi did during that entire time, he did not sit on uh, the sideline. I think he, he was in a suite, and whenever we saw him, it was like, it, that, that guy doesn't look like he's going to come back anytime soon. So we'll see what Paul George looks like to the other team. And they're not normally called the other team, Nick, but they're the team on the outside looking in. As we sit here today talking to you, they are the 10 seed, but as we know, that's a very precarious position. Do the Lakers make it into this play-in tournament? I think a lot of Laker fans are optimistic about this new-look Lakers team. That being said, 
one then one night they're the 10 seed one night they're the 12 seed how does this finish out do they make it in to the play-in tournament well this Lakers season has been more ups and downs than a, than a raggedy ass roller coaster <laughs> i think when you look when you look at just i mean i'm gonna start calling lakers the puppet master because boy they are toying with you laker myopics fans <laughs> your, your heart strings they're getting your hopes all the way up. Ooh, we go make it. We're, we're, we're just so close. Oh, wait till we hear the news from LeBron. LeBron is, and even if he does, LeBron is going to be able to some possibly, possibly play <laughs> the last two to three games, maybe. And I'm just like, come on, man. You selling me more false hope than Obama on the campaign trail. If you don't knock <laughs> off. Oh, Listen, I think the Los Angeles Lakers are exactly the team that they are and i i don't and i, I don't think it's why for lakers fans get their hopes up if they happen to make it in the playing tournament as the 10th seed okay great i don't see them doing it only because i think they have a very very tough road trip ahead of them that are mostly playoff bound teams that are going to be at home and even if they're not playoff bound teams they're going to play they're going to be the, the, the spoilers they're going to be the, the, the as we as we used to call it from Dave Chappelle, the time haters yeah. You know, they're going to hate and try to spoil the opportunities for Anthony Davis and company to try to get into the play and tournament. So LeBron could possibly come back if he just, you know, if he's able to come back uh, from that injury. So um, I think it's it's just, I think it's too soon to, to really get there with these false hopes. Um, you know, you have more opportunity of putting money in the church collection play and try to get a return on before you get the Lakers to come into the playoff picture and be solid on that. <laughs> so I, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not buying it, man. You, you, I'm all stocked up on crazy. So you can move on to the next neighbor. Speaking of crazy, uh, I've been on record on this podcast saying that I believe in the Sacramento Kings. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sacramento, Nick? Do you believe in them in terms of making a deeper playoff push? You know what, man? You weren't wrong. And I was skeptical when you first mentioned that. I'm like, okay, is Armani out here drinking before he gets on the air again? <laughs> But you know, you're absolutely right, man. I got to give you a lot of credit because you 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 stuck with it. You you stayed ten toes down, and you stuck with your your predictions. And they they absolutely came to fruition as it pertains to the Sacramento Kings. And I think this Kings team was underestimated by a lot of teams in the NBA. Um, and I think Coach Brown deserves a, a Coach of the Year uh, honor because I think what he's been able to turn, how he's been able to to uh, turn this team around. Um, in, in a season and really develop a culture in Sacramento um, has been absolutely nothing short of phenomenal. And they have, you know, I, I think there's some leadership in that locker room. I think guys are focused. I think guys really bought in uh, to his, his plan and the mission at hand. I'm not saying they're going to make two, you know, make the Western Conference finals or the NBA finals, but I think they'll be very exciting to watch. And I think they're going to give some teams fits along the way as they make their playoff run. And they may surprise some folks. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get when, when, when the playoffs come, um, it's, is you know, it's a roll of the dice and, uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm extremely proud of what they've been able to accomplish just, just to see some new blood in the Western conference. Um, it's been surprising between them and the Memphis Grizzlies, especially with all the, the hoopla surrounding, you know, John Moran, unfortunately, um, and his transgressions. So. It's been amazing to see those two teams still, you know, hold their ground and be solid in the Western Conference. Because I'm not a – I tell you what, Arash and Jihei and, and Armani, I don't believe in the Denver Nuggets. And Mr. Oh, yeah. Mr. Wonder Bread, Mr. Hey. Wonder Bread, Mr. Doughboy. No, 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 no. By the way, so no. uh, the 
the storyline and the narrative on Jokic since you, uh, since we talked about him, and I thought you were really harsh on Jokic and all that. I'm like, man, like the the <laughs> the clips that I see nightly of this guy playing the worst defense that we've seen. <laughs> I, I am the like, like guy went from. Jokic is 100% locked to win most valuable player. So now Brandon Deutsch is texting me to place a bet on Joel Embiid to win most valuable player. What happened, Nick? What happened? Was I, was I harsh now? Was I harsh <laughs> Not anymore, apparently. Oh, okay. I, right, think, I, hard I, I think everyone's kind of joined your forces here. Um, man, I... I, I, I yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. Amazing. I was a harsh then. You just, you know, your heart it was as soft as Jokic's was Jokic's <laughs> body frame. So that's all that was, man. You just had a heart for you know for a Wonder Bread type of dude. Uh, body buckets. What do you? I mean, like, wait, wait, what's happening here? I thought I thought Jokic was like a done deal. Most likely. Well, when they went on that losing skid, there his defense really got highlighted. And then when you talk about. You know, guys like Embiid and Giannis, they're two-way players. And so it kind of, you know, that really highlighted the Jokic one-way style of play. And by the way, that one-way is incredible. But, you know, most valuable, in my opinion, is about both sides of the basketball. And, I mean, Embiid is playing out of his mind. He would have my vote right now. But with that being said, they do play each other, I believe, on Saturday. So one more chance to maybe flip the narrative back and forth. Who knows? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, you have a better chance of winning the bingo numbers at the local church <laughs> local church house before you get you get Embiid and not dominate Mr. Breadbasket over there. Wow. Um, I, I don't I listen, Joel Embiid is like you said, he's playing out of his mind. This is a guy who's very determined. I think that kind of fueled him when everybody kind of wrote him off and said, Okay, we just gonna cast the ballot right now. Yeah. I think he heard that. I think his his team heard that. And I think Giannis heard that as well. Yeah. You know, I think Giannis is also playing extremely some some really good basketball um at that time. And I think that that is I mean, that's why they're number one in the Eastern Conference, uh, for a reason. And yeah. because I think guys here, you know, I think they, they don't. They say they don't listen to us, but I think them and their teams listen to us, or listen, or have a variation of what they're listening to. That may that may fuel them to say, "Oh, okay, you just gonna cast me off." We have even, the season hasn't even ended yet. You already gonna cast me off? Okay, I'm gonna show you, and that's what I love to see. I love to see guys step up. I love to see guys say, "Okay, I'm gonna defeat this narrative that you, this, this this narrative that you guys are putting out here." And I'm going to step up and I'm going to show you who really is the most valuable player. And I think Embiid is still pissed when he got robbed last year. And yeah. I think that kind of fueled him as well. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see, um, you know, what's going to transpire uh, when it comes to the MVP voting. But I, I hope either Embiid or Giannis win the MVP because they absolutely deserve it. Yeah, so Saturday we have... Bucks, Nuggets, Giannis versus Jokic, and then Monday is Embiid versus Jokic. So, Nick, a lot of pe people have their opinions and talk about Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. You're one of the few reporters in Los Angeles who covers those games. Yeah, you know Trout well. Your thoughts on the World Baseball Classic? I think a lot of us were enthralled with it, didn't think we would even care about it. That last game, USA-Japan, it was, it was a Hollywood-like ending in terms of Shohei versus Mike Trout. A, your thoughts on the World Baseball Classic, and B, 
there was a lot of jokes afterwards, kind of like, can you imagine if Shohei Otani and Mike Trout were on the same team? And it's like, of course they are, but they haven't really done a whole lot. Can they, can they parlay this success that they've enjoyed into this season? Well, let me ask you a first question. I think the World Baseball Classic has done a phenomenal job um, just putting it all together, um, getting people excited to kind of about baseball, which I, I love to see. Um, we were talking about that MLBbro.com with just some of the guys and I were talking about just the excitement and the level of excitement that people were into. And I was kind of surprised that more people were into the World Baseball Classic um, just because, you know, we, we see the stigma about baseball as a whole. So yeah. I was glad to see that. You know, you could actually, I agree with you, you could ask for a better Hollywood ending than having Shohei against Mike Trout for all the marbles. Yeah. And, you know, Shohei, you know, proved that he, why he, he's Shohei all time. He's Showtime. Um, and Mike, it doesn't take anything away from Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout is big time. I think Mike Trout arguably is one of the greatest hitters of our generation. Um, can you answer your second question? Can they, can they <laughs> take that into the new season? Hell no. Um, I think Mike Trout is going to do what Mike Trout always does, especially if he stays healthy. I mean, mind you, Mike Trout hit 40 home runs when, yeah. from, for a good portion of the season. He was injured. So for a guy to be injured for a good portion of the season and still hit 40 home runs, can you imagine if that guy was healthy? Maybe, you know, uh, Aaron Judge would have had a little bit of competition in the American League when that, when that home run record was going on yeah. um, as he passed Roger Maris's, you know, record. He, I don't think he would have beat Aaron Judge, but it would have been a lot more fun to watch, um, reminiscent of the days between Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa, um, back, you know, back in those times. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, this could be a situation where we see a future. Maybe we see Shohei Otani in the Dodger uniform or some other uniform. Uh, you know, in another season or so, um, going up against Mike Trout. But I, I think it's just such a travesty the way the Angels have not been able to put significant talent around Mike Trout. I can't yeah. blame Mike Trout for not being able to win. I mean, this is a team sport. It's not track and field. It's not tennis. This is a baseball team with nine, with eight other members that are on this squad that are out there on that field playing at a time, um, along with him. So I can't put all the blame on Mike Trout. I can't say that Mike Trout wasn't connecting or he wasn't hitting. I mean, this guy's had phenomenal numbers for years. Um, one playoff appearance, which is unfortunate, um, but they have to look at more up, upper management and ownership. I think Artie Moreno has ruined, absolutely ruined this team. Uh, he, has, he has put this team into the ground. Um, I was hoping that he was going to sell the team. Then he had a, a 11th hour change of heart, which uh, was absolutely detrimental to the Angels fan base as well as the Angels itself. I think um, what they need to do, if they're not able to, to re-sign Shohei, which I don't think they will be, um, they need to start asking for, for Mike Trout, where does he want to go? And you need yeah. to send Mike Trout to a contender while he's still, while he's still able to still be effective in games. Um, because it's an absolute tragedy that Mike Trout doesn't have a World Series championship. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy that, that, that they have the, the two best players, the two most exciting players in the game, no one's even talking about them in Los Angeles. No one's going to those games. And like you said, Nick, Shohei Otani probably leaving after the season, and you're 100% right. If that happens, they got to go to, to Mike's house and say, hey, where do you want to go? Because this thing's not working out. Nick, you're the best. We look forward to catching up next week during WrestleMania week in Los Angeles. Can't wait for that. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.